This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix. You're start for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. 99. 100. 101. You wish. 102. <laughs> Sorry, Monica. I was just doing some push-ups before uh, getting our, our recording on. Oh, you know what a push-up is. Fancy. I do know what a push-up is. <laughs> That's where you uh, you push the wall and you push yourself out from the wall and then you go back right sure yeah that's what i'm going with yeah that's the one you can do in a movie theater without people like giving you too many looks (laughs) maybe (laughs) sort of i want to see someone try that though there's got to be like a set of exercises people can do in a movie theater (laughs) for film critics to do exercises yes it's mostly stretching it's mostly stand up oh my god my back and walk out It's like sit on the uh, the front row and put your legs up on the bar or whatever oh, and, yeah. and stretch. And you can, well, you can, if you could lift your legs up and down, that counts as a form of exercise, right? That's what one of those machines in that weird foreign movie we saw, Pain and Gain, had. Yeah, Pain and Gain. Yeah. It does feel like a foreign film. This is part two of episode number 47 of Cinema Fix, focus on the movie Pain and Gain. So if you're looking for part one, you're listening to the wrong file. Go away. We don't want you here. You're a bad person. If this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general spoiler-free discussion. And the second part, which you're listening to right now, is the more in-depth analysis of the film, complete with spoilers. And it's designed to be listened to after you've heard part one, or at least after you've seen the film. Again, this is part two, so if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening right now and go listen to part one of our episode on pain and gain. I'm not going to bother describing the plot of the film. I'm just assuming that if you're listening to this, you've seen Michael Bay's latest quote-unquote masterpiece, and, and, and that's why you're here, to see what we thought about it. So here's a clip. Are you currently using steroids? No, ma'am. When's the last time you injected? Uh, Monday. Yesterday. Okay. I threw them all out. I think they messed me up. Mm. It's okay. We probably just have defeated phallus syndrome. We're like treated here all the time. But don't worry, we can change all that. So we specialize in here. Penis magic. All right, Monica, to start off, I'm going to say the two things I liked about this film. That's nice. One is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. The second is Rebel Wilson. Fair, because somehow her character like really plays up the act shtick that she has been going on. She somehow manages to make her lines funny, even though I feel like they could have just been really stupid and ugly yeah and just just not really enjoyable at all she has fun with the material and and she pulls it off i think in her little small role 
Yeah, fair. I'll give her that. So I guess there's two things that I... Here, I'll give three. I like the Greyhound. It was great. Yes, there was, was a nice, adorable Greyhound. I, I would rather have seen a movie about that Greyhound than Pain and Gain. <laughs> Escape the carnage. Okay, Monica, I'm, I'm going to tell you the moment that I realized that, that just confirmed this was not a Michael Bay film. Not a Michael Bay film? This was not a movie that Michael Bay should have directed. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, pause, this is definitely a Michael Bay film. It, it, it is a moment that comes at the very end of the film uh-huh. when they finally reveal what happened to these terrible people and you discover that two of them received the death penalty. <laughs> and that is when I realized, oh my god, these were terrible people. They're going to be executed because they're such horrible people. And yet, this movie does not seem to realize that they're horrible people. Or it does, but it wants us to enjoy the fact that they're horrible people. Yeah, I really, again, I think it's that very immature, like, you know, the guy who has the most fun is the one who's doing keg stands, which is, you know, yay, let's cheer him on. These people aren't doing keg stands. They're They're kidnapping and murdering people and chopping up the bodies. Well, we know he has no moral compass. Come on, he did Transformers 2. I'm not letting that go. (laughs) I'm 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 still bitter. I had the worst headache after Transformers 3 and I couldn't hear my friend afterwards when we were walking home from the movie we had to yell out on the street to talk to each other because the levels had been so loud there was ringing in our ears so no I I feel like Michael Bay has played Grand Theft Auto like for a million hours yeah and suddenly he feels like that's the way the world should be and that those people are somehow admirable or enjoyable and and sure they received the death penalty but man it was a fun ride wouldn't you have liked to hang out with them totally i'm sure they were wonderful nice guys yeah no (laughs) okay also at the very end when they reveal what happened to these people they show pictures of the real guys yeah (laughs) <laughs> they look nothing like any of the actors in the film. <laughs> yep. Like, I think the real Daniel Lugo was actually, he actually looked a little bit Hispanic. Yes. And The Rock's character didn't look super buff. <laughs> he looked kind of thin and wiry. Maybe after a couple days in prison, though. That's what Jesus does to you. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was another favorite thing is that when I looked that up and, or the the Daniel Lugo guy, he did look Latino. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. So what you're telling me is you put the two people of color on the side and then the white guy as the main guy so you can sell your movie. It's really all about that. Because if you wanted to tell this as a true story... You might have held a little bit closer, maybe, to right. the actual characters. You might have had The Rock as Daniel Lugo, which would have been hilarious, because Rock's pecs are the size of Mark Wahlberg's head. Yes. So <laughs> I think you're right. I think that would have been a more interesting film if, if The Rock and Mark Wahlberg had like switched roles. Can you imagine how much fun The Rock would have had? Yes, he would have had a just, lot like, of fun. Just freaking out at a self-help thing. <laughs> My name is Daniel Lugo. And I believe in fitness. I'm a doer, not a don'ter. <laughs> oh my god, I wanted to break a chair at the scene. 
And then you'd have Mark Wahlberg outside barbecuing people's hands. Doing lines of coke. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Just that simple casting change could have made the movie a lot better. (laughs) There we go. Reboot this. (laughs) Also, this movie, it's based on a true story. It's based on a series of articles. Yep. Which, as anyone who's seen Die Hard 4 knows... (laughs) You're basing your movie off a series of articles. There's no guarantee it's going to be good. I I like Die Hard 4, but I'm in the minority on that one. I feel like if you're going to base your movie on something... I I mean, I got the feeling after watching Pain of Gain, I I was just thinking to myself, man, I bet those articles are a lot more interesting than this movie. You know, because they're actually written by writers. Right. People that can string together a sentence. Well, actually, I mean, a good journalist is able to find intriguing ideas and themes yeah. to play with in a story, and I feel like that concept just goes right over Michael Bay's head. Subtlety? No. 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 I feel like a journalist would really latch on to these ideas of, oh, the American dream, and they did it because they wanted to be doers, and they wanted to get ahead, and oh, The Rock is a born-again Christian, but that doesn't necessarily stop him from doing horrible things. I feel like a good journalist would latch onto those ideas and explore those in depth, Mm -hmm. whereas Michael Bay just seems content to be like, oh, that's interesting, and then do nothing with it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that's really funny, ha ha ha. Some sort of actual character anything would have been nice. Um, other than just there, just roided out dudes. The Rock was the most interesting character because, again, he has that issue that he's dealing with. That this is wrong. Jesus wouldn't want me to hurt this guy. But then, you know, he's got to do this because his friends are like guilting him. They're actually you see them at some points psychologically guilting him into things, mm-hmm. which also kind of brings me into the stereotype thing that I wasn't too thrilled about. Because I'm really tired of Michael Bay doing this little list. So, Michael Bay obviously has never been on the side of feminists ever because he just creeps on women constantly. And um, this is no different. And the scene that he, uh, that they already killed the last two people, one of them is like, I guess, sort of an exotic dancer or some, some sort of something where she has some big implants (laughs) done on her and there's a lot of jokes about like oh them touching her breast when they're trying to you know chop her up into little bits and it ended up being that her implants were the thing that ids them or whatnot but again it's that the shot is just there on their hands on her boobs it's not like them like freaking out like oh my god what am i doing here it's just literally like hands on tits right in a number of other sequences of, like, the um, the girl who thought that she was a CIA agent who was just based... I'm pretty sure she was just there for eye candy. <laughs> right. And again, the fact that uh, the, the woman you were talking about earlier, the fact that her implants were ultimately evidence... Yes, that's what... I feel like that's a really interesting element that another director could have really played with. Yeah. And had some fun with. But no, Michael Bay... Just does nothing with that. He just sort nope. of throws it out there like, ha, there it is. 
Yeah. That's it. You're right. All the women in this movie are either slutty, stupid, they're solely for laughs, in the case of Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Or some combination. They're to lounge in the pool in the background and show yes. off their washboard abs. Like, yeah. Yes. Great. No, they're not showing off their abs. <laughs> Toned abs or whatever. There's a lot of lot of lot of uh butts in this movie. <laughs> Lots of scantily clad butts walking by, by the pool, by wherever these guys are lounging. <laughs> yeah, I really think he doesn't know how to see women in any other way as eye candy or shrill women. Because right. that was another thing that I noticed in Transformers, that if it wasn't like the Victoria's Secret model running slowly up the stairs with the camera panning up her ass, it was, I think, Francis McDormand character or she was in that as um some sort of a cia fbi director or whatnot and she was just a mm-hmm. stereotypical woman in power bitch so great that's really i really think that he can only see women in those two lights otherwise it's too complicated right well to be fair there weren't any black or irish robots in this film in this film yeah so i guess that's a upgrade I guess that's another parallel that we could draw on uh, Michael Bay and George Bush. They're not very good with black people. Uh, which brings me to <laughs> Anthony Mackie, because basically the only thing that I got from his character is that he is insecure because he has some sort of a small penis, according to Rebel Wilson on her testimony. But you see, this is, this is a big leap for Michael Bay. Because he's not staring at his own dick? He's subverting the stereotype here. But that's it. He is only because he does not have a big dick. He has, you know, he's the one that gets married. He's the one that, I don't know. It just seems like that was all of the jokes that Anthony Mackie had was because right. it's like, man, I got to, you know, do something about my man. Right. It's like, really? I can't give you another adjective for his character, insecure, insecure uh, because of X. And of course, the black character is going to really have a thing for big women, for big white women. Yes. Because that's original. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, Michael Bay is so original. It's the same thing with um, The Rock and his addiction to Coke. Like, I see it where it like throws a wrench into the whole born again thing and is part of his struggle with everything. But it's still, it's another Latino with drugs. I'm kind of meh. They also play it for laughs most of the time. Some of the like time, here, yeah. I'm the rock, and I'm, 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 like he. There's so many shots of him, like in strange positions, just trying to quickly snort some coke, yeah. and get back to business. The neighborhood watch meeting was actually kind of funny because of that. Right. I like his character. Yeah. Though, and I just wish that they had done more with that mm. because there was one scene where I laughed quite a bit, and it's the scene where he's starting to befriend uh, what's the guy Pepe? Yeah, he calls him. He's starting to befriend Pepe, and then you realize that the main reason he's becoming his friend is because he wants to convert him. Yes, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and he wants him to join. Team Jesus. Yes. And by the way, his t-shirts in this movie, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Because those t-shirts are real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, scenes like that where he's becoming this guy's friend and trying to be a nice guy and do the right thing, and ultimately this guy is like, you, can you help me? Please help me. Yeah. 
God has sent, put you here to help me. And his only response is, oh, I guess God put me here to convert you. Yes. Like, there, there's, there's so much potential for good satire there. Yeah. And then it's, like, never talked about again. Right. And Michael Bay just doesn't yeah. know what to do with that. It's like, what? Layers? No. Hypocrisy? Ideas? What are these things? <laughs> They are difficult, which brings me to, I guess, another religious subtopic was that priest that The Rock confides in, who turns out to kind oh, of be, man. that's, that's you know, his token homophobic moment. Well, one of the few right. homophobic moments, because there's also the storage warehouse where they go in and it turns out to be a sex toy shop and people, and the, the boys are all freaked out. Cause, oh my God, dildos. There's also a moment where like they refer to some homos or like, oh, I'm no homo. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But then, it, of course, it's the priest who happens to have a liking to the rock and sort of, like, attacks him or, like, sort of tries to sexually assault him or so. And the rock just no, he, punches no, he out. No, he doesn't. He just fl- he flirts with him and puts his hand on his chest or something yeah. and says, you look buff. Yeah. And then the rock beats punches the crap out. out of him. Yeah. Because, you know. Because, yeah. Assaulting homosexuals is hilarious. Yeah. Again, over it. And then the last one is, I understand how they're able to frame this to better show the mentality of the fitness guys, but it's really also the director. I think he personally has this viewpoint where just every fat person is looked down upon, is commented on, is they're disgusting, they're... They're horrendous. They're, they shouldn't be in the trekking shots. They're only there for the punchline, like Rebel Wilson, or, um, they're to show that how Mark Wahlberg's character is like just disgust with some of his clients. Right. So your theory is that Michael Bay is Daniel Lugo. <laughs> I think that certain viewpoint fits very well. Cause if you think about it, I, I can't really say a name, another character that's slightly overweight in any of Bay's movies that really gets away without having him be the punchline because of his weight. He's not just right. a character. He's he's a walking punchline. Right. It's really mature, guys. Making fun of the fat person. Way to go. And again, I feel like that's not necessarily terrible. I feel like... It wouldn't be necessarily terrible if he had other... See, that's the thing. If he had other instances where he could not treat people like that, if there was some sort of diversity in how he portrayed people if it wasn't always the same thing over and over again and just the same stock characters stereotypes that sort of thing maybe i could say well at least you know in this other movie that he had he was not such an asshole to this group of people or if he was basically just making live action cartoons he is but they're still two hours long and that's about 130 minutes too long for a live action cartoon for him but I feel like if 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 Michael Bay approached a film and was like, I'm just going to make this crazy, over-the-top, cartoony movie filled with stereotypes, and that's part of what's going to make... that that That's part of what will make it goofy and fun. I feel like whenever he does that, he can be successful. Mm-hmm. To look at a similar example, look at the guys that do Crank and Crank High Voltage. Okay, that's completely non-stop stereotypes, racism, sexism, and yet it's so over the top. And there's so much excess there that you feel like they realize that 
it's horrible and they're not taking it seriously and they're just they're just sort of trying to put it out there and comment on it by having almost this spring breakers overload of of, of that stuff but again michael bay doesn't understand satire or subtlety <laughs> so so that won't work for him yeah Oh, was it just me, or was the last scene we saw The Rock in, he was back in the church, and the old priest was there, and the priest was, like, forgiving him, mm -hmm. or something, or, or... Yeah. Yeah. So they're, like, friends now. It's it's all cool. It's all cool. No he beat up that guy, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as you come back and say sorry. Yeah. How about you just don't beat up, guys? No? Oh, that's silly. That's just... ah, that's... That's that's dumb. Monica, you don't understand. They're they're gay. You have to beat them up. <laughs> if you don't beat up the gay people, what are you supposed to do with them, Monica? Uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> oh man. Again, George Bush. Just think it. He's W. Think about it long enough. <laughs> well, considering how many countries in the Middle East he destroyed in the Transformers film. Close. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that analogy is pretty appropriate. He gives <laughs> extremist reasons to hate America. <laughs> Did you notice that really the only detail of the uh, the quote-unquote bad guy, the only detail we're given about his personal life is that he's Jewish and loves money? Oh, I totally <laughs> noticed that. Oh, shoot, that left that off my list, yeah. It was a quick list while I was typing. I was like, oh, yeah, and he hates fat people. He hates gay people. I'm surprised there wasn't a fiery t Latina temptress joke. That was my favorite right. out of the Transformers 3. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Ed Harris, who feels like he's in a good movie and seems to think he's in a good movie. And he's playing the sort of stock private investigator who's going to figure everything out. And every time Ed Harris was on screen, I was like, oh, wow, I wish this movie was as interesting as your investigation seems to make it out to be. Although I do buy the fact that Miami PD is as inefficient as they say it is. Like, I understand how on the surface, this story about bodybuilders kidnapping and murdering people is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And how at first, Ed, you know, a character like Ed Harris would be like, no, this doesn't make any sense, I don't believe it, but then gradually start to investigate it. Do you think the movie would have worked better if he had been the main character? If this had been, like, your traditional detective story where you're following him as he uncovers these things and puts the pieces together? It's kind of hard because he's not, he's not really introduced until after, what, 45 minutes, an hour into the movie or something? Right, I mean, this would have involved a complete restructuring of the film. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what kind of a movie that would look like, because it's, it's really just all the way around. Wouldn't it have been as fun? Wouldn't you have wanted to, like, hang out with these guys? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ed Harris's character actually seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he's good at his job, he has a wife, he's retired, he just wants to relax... You know, he seems like he'd be more interesting to hang out with <laughs> yeah. than these uh, really buff children. <laughs> children. It's a good way to explain it. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. So his character didn't do it for you? Mm, 
I just, again, it was such a stock character that it was uninteresting. I mean, it could have just been the cops that solved it, and it really wouldn't have made a difference. I don't understand how Michael Bay manages to get actors of this caliber. Big-ass paychecks. Probably. I mean, Edmund has money forever because of those stupid Transformers movies, and the American people are complicit in that crime. Because <laughs> 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 they paid good money to see that. Yes. I mean, those movies made over a billion dollars. Yeah. Worldwide. He's all set for life. He can make as many terrible, racist, sexist, homophobic movies as to his heart's content. He's good. I feel like if Pain and Gain had come out in the 80s or 90s, it would be viewed as a classic. You're still thinking that Michael Bay can direct, though. That is assuming the man knows how to tell a story. Okay, okay. He, the guy is not completely talentless, okay? The opening scene where Mark Wahlberg is running, and then he gets hit by the car, in slow motion. and he's in slow motion, like, a lo- I thought some of that looked really cool, and was filmed in an interesting way, and I was sort of like, okay, Michael Bay, I'm kind of into this, and oh, and also, that opening scene has a lot of shaky cam. Oh, yes. Which I'm not used to seeing in a Michael Bay film. And I was kind of like, oh, this is new for Michael Bay. This is interesting. Okay. I still thought it looked awful. I I was sort of interested just because it wasn't what I expected from from Michael Bay. Also, I like that it was like, it was literally a handheld camera. Like, like it looked, the quality changed in terms of like the film or whatever, just shot digitally, file. And it actually looked awful. I didn't like it. There's shaky cam that I've seen that looks better quality, and you can actually see what's going on, but it, it changes from that highly stylized, everything is super saturated, bright, and then it turns into the dull JVC camera or whatever that people are running, Sony Handycam. I actually didn't mind that. Didn't I thought mind it, it added a unique uh, aesthetic element to it. It's like he, they didn't overdo it. It would just be like occasionally we're going to get a little handheld shot. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. What was that Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena movie that we both hated? Oh, End of Watch? End of no, Watch. This, this, okay, right. no, I do not like them switching formats. I do not like them, Sam, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mind it here most of the time, and I was sort of on board with at least the aesthetic of the movie for the first 10 to 20 minutes, and then after that, it just sort of transitioned to that into that typical Michael Bay ugliness like it's an ugly movie it doesn't look very nice sure you've got a lot of pretty people and pretty cars and pretty objects but they the look frame. like oompa loompa orange somehow yeah they, they just don't look human nice <laughs> yeah mommy why are they glowing <laughs> you've got two extremes with michael bay you've got either like the really fancy schmancy pretty people doing pretty things or you've just got the down and dirty grimy torture violence stuff yeah and and it's just it's just kind of makes you feel disgusting at least it made me feel disgusting as I was watching it. Yeah. There was more than one person who was standing outside the theater, and I was like, I feel like I need a shower. It was gross. Yeah. And it wasn't just me, so 
there. And it, it, it is, it's not like the kind of shower you feel like after you've worked out. Like, oh, that was a good workout. No. Gonna it's, go cool off. It's like I, I was feverishly sick for two hours with food poisoning. And I'm like, yes. wow, I really need to wash whatever bug this was off. Yeah, I, it's like for the for two hours, I suddenly had the uh, had the principles and ideals of someone from a hundred years ago. I, I feel dirty, backwards, and <laughs> dirty, gross. I feel like I'm evolving backwards. Oh, that's that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I feel like to certain a certain extent, that's what Michael Bay is at this point. He's just. In terms of the stereotypes and, and the ideas and how incredibly unprogressive he is, mm. he feels like this relic of another time. Like, take Michael Bay, put him in the 1950s, he's going to win Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But for this day and age, it's like, come on, Michael Bay, you got to grow up. You got to mature. You can't talk to women like that anymore. Right. You can't just punch out the gaze. I, I, I'm assuming that Ed Harris came on board just because Paycheck. he knows Michael Bay from The Rock, <laughs> which is his one good film. I think it's just like, hey, I'll give you $2 million if you'll show up for, and film for my movie for 20 days. How's that sound? Hey, Ed Harris, remember when we made that movie The Rock together and it was actually pretty fun and pretty good and you really, you really like good that movie. in that movie? <laughs> Do I like that movie? I like The Rock. I would I, sit, I would watch The Rock right now. Okay. It is a, it, in terms of just like pure popcorn action movies, it doesn't get much better right. than The Rock. I'll take your word for it. And Nicolas Cage stopping Ed Harris from unleashing biological warfare. Okay. All right. And Sean Connery. Being Sean Connery. Being Sean Connery. Okay, okay. I get that. So, yeah. Instead of going to see Pain and Gain, I think our listeners should just watch The Rock. Yeah. Or I guess I should watch The Rock. Maybe. I need yes, a, you should. I need a couple months to, you know, detox from all the, the Bay nasty. If Yeah, I feel like you can't completely discount Michael Bay until you watch The Rock. Okay. Sure. And then after that, you can discount Michael Bay. Oh. oh, I'm so close. Damn it. I'm one movie away all this time. Jeez. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm going to look up Michael Bay's uh, filmography. He made Bad Boys. I actually haven't seen the original Bad Boys. But I've heard it's not bad. And then he made The Rock. And then he made Armageddon. I like that review. I've heard it is not bad. I've heard it is not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it is not the scum of the earth. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, he did. He did Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, and then Pearl Harbor. And I do like some aspects of Armageddon. So I'm just let's just go ahead and say '90s Michael Bay is okay. I think that was the '90s. <laughs> yes, but then Pearl Harbor came in 2001. So okay, the Michael Bay of this millennium mm-hmm. is not. And a, a, a good filmmaker or a nice person. Or a nice person. Oh, he made the... He, I forgot he did The Island. I didn't hate The Island. All right. I didn't hate The Island, but I could tell that it was an ugly movie. It was also like, what, one of his lowest grossing movies, wasn't it? Maybe. I think so. I don't think a lot of people saw that. I thought The Island was okay, despite like really- all the product placement. Ewan McGregor. Oh, what was that? What was that, that one of the movies that broke the record for product placement? It was everywhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, and there was some, uh, did you notice in Pan and Gain, there was some Taco Bell product placement? Yes. 
oh, give me that taco supreme. And then it's just nothing but shot after shot of Tony Shalhoub just like stuffing his face. But I like it that it was a cold taco because it was like falling apart. Mm. <laughs> but then he's like, he's like, oh, it's even better cold. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, really? No, it's not. It's fairly good. How much good did Taco hot. Bell have to pay <laughs> for? It's all right, cold. It's good cold. It's good soggy. <laughs> Here's this guy just stuffing his face with this Taco Supreme. Mm, makes me want Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh man, is there anything else you want to say about? pain and gain no i'm over it can we never talk about michael bay again okay fine i'll watch i watch i'll watch the rock and then i'll say whether or not i liked it and then we can we can forever leave the topic of michael bay right he's retiring now please hear me no i think he's doing transformers 4 no i don't want to do it again don't make me do it again I don't think I could do it. You should watch The Rock this week <laughs> and then report back next episode and let us know what you thought. Well, I have actually two film festivals in a row. I'm in the middle of the Independent Film Festival of Boston and the Boston... Oh, independent films. Oh, <laughs> films about stories. Films about stories. And like people. It's that liberal fluff is what that is. Oh, I was just going to say in the next film festival I'm, I'm writing up a review on is um, the Boston LGBT <laughs> film festival. Oh, boy. Yeah, I am not Team Michael Bay. Do any of those movies star The Rock or do they, do they involve him beating people up? No, but one of them stars is a documentary on Divine, which I really liked from South by Southwest. I am Divine. Oh, okay. So... That would be my recommendation so far. I still have to get through a few screeners, but I really, really liked I Am Divine. All right. Well, before we wrap up this episode, it's time for our favorite segment that we do every week, Reboot This. This is the part of the show where we pitch either a prequel, a sequel, or a remake to the movie we just discussed. Monica, I'm going to go first this week. do it. If I had to make a prequel, sequel, or a remake to Pain and Gain... Mm-hmm. I would I would just remake it. I would completely scrap it. <laughs> I'd remake it. It wouldn't be based on a true story. It would take some of the same I okay, no, actually forget everything I said. Okay. Try again. If I if I had to do if I had to do a prequel, sequel, or a remake to Pain and Gain, I would do a sequel. It would be a completely fictionalized sequel. Here's the setup. There is an asteroid headed to Earth. <laughs> so the government hires Daniel Lugo <laughs> and The Rock <laughs> and Anthony Mackie and this group of bodybuilders <laughs> the punch out the asteroid <laughs> to go up to the asteroid <laughs> and do what needs to be done to save the planet. I could sacrifice some bodybuilders. No problem. If they achieve their goal, then they will be granted full pardons and they will no longer be executed <laughs> <laughs> on death row. Aww. And they will also be given large amounts of money and be rich like they always wanted. They, because so, they were doers. <laughs> yes, they, this is an opportunity for them to be doers yeah. and to do something to save the world and then profit from it. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure they would never agree to save the world if they're if they weren't gonna be rewarded for it <laughs> somehow. That would be too altruistic. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, so they have to go destroy the asteroid, possibly with their bare hands. That's that's the way I would go. Where they just have to like punch the asteroid to death. Yep. They're just gonna punch chunks of asteroid off until the threat is no more. <laughs> Oh, 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 and I forgot, oh, and I forgot to mention, The Rock 
turns out to be a transformer. He's a robot. <gasps> he's the secret weapon. He's the secret robot that's gonna he's gonna help them destroy the asteroid as a robot. And the asteroid is secretly a Decepticon. <laughs> that there yes, that's Transformers yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just say I'd scrap it and just watch Fargo again? Okay, but if you had to make something, if I had to make something, I would probably add the character, a character like Francis McDormand's character in Fargo, which is the reason why Fargo. You have someone out there saying, "You know, this is messed up, guys. Really, seriously, am I really having to do this?" and you know, she's a cop that has to has to bring all the justice down. So the fact that there's no one like that in this movie, a Marge, you'd actually have a normal person, person with a with a like common fairly sense. correctly aligned moral compass. Yeah, and I would love it that she would be a woman, obviously, because that's right. I feel like Michael Bay just needs a good talking to <laughs> well if, if you want to you know get in your fargo references you could always throw in a wood chipper at the end <laughs> this is true instead of the uh big oil drums wood chipper yes yes possibly steve buchemi i don't know how he would fit with the bodybuilders but it'd be funny directed by harmony corinne Ooh, that would fix up a lot of the ugly because he's trying to go with a lot of the same aesthetics some of that it's a club thing well if if, if he went the spring breakers route he it would be ugly, but it would still look really pretty. And then he could sort of latch on to some of that satire about the American dream and whatnot. It could actually have something to say? Yeah. That's such a novel concept. <laughs> I think we just blew Michael Bay's mind. All right. I think we're done here because uh, all I heard were explosions going on in that man's mind. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for part two of our discussion of painting gain here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Iron Man 3. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place and Let's Get Real. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter at mcastimovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. Blowing stuff up. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!